Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we continue our reflections into the richness of the gospel text, and it is always a joy to do this with you uh, when there's something new. And what is new? Well, of course, uh, this liturgical year, a new liturgical year. Uh, This is the first Sunday of Advent, so uh, we will be talking about the gospel for sure, but we will also be talking about what a new liturgical season is all about. And I will be doing this with Debbie Rosales, who is here in studio with me. So, Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. Thank you for having me. So, to you, Debbie, happy uh, new liturgical year. Yes, <laughs> right? and to you. And so, why do we have these liturgical seasons? Well, Debbie, the question should be posed why do we have seasons in of themselves? You know, why do we have fall, winter, uh, spring, and summer? What is inherent within a season huh, that can teach us about life itself? Have we not talked about this um, over recent weeks, that uh, what always precedes life is death, that ultimately death equals life? This is the overarching Christian truth that uh, God himself reminds us by sending his son, and of course his son dying on the cross so that we might receive new life. And this is inherent, we can say, within each and every season. And so we have uh, a liturgical season where we are made to contemplate similar things, huh? because from one year to another, from one season to another, we are made to contemplate change, Uh, what is new behind that change, and ask questions, huh? Who are we? Uh, Where did we come from? Where are we going? Are these not the kinds of questions, Debbie, that we ask ourselves on January 1st? Mm -hmm. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Well, we are made to do the same thing on the eve of a new liturgical season. How do we celebrate the new liturgical season? We surely do a lot of things, and it's within our culture here in the United States of America, to celebrate the new year. And I think really across the world, do we celebrate the old liturgical year as we move into a new liturgical year? Um, What will we be doing this Saturday evening? I know, Debbie, you are going to be celebrating in a particular way (laughs) by going to a a football game, right? Notre Dame and Stanford. So we all have our ways of (laughs) celebrating the old to kick in the new. I myself will make a point to go um, before our Lord the Lord has put it on my heart in recent years to kick in the new year, January 1st, by doing so. And I think that's what I'm going to be doing with this new liturgical season. Um, but certainly, maybe when I come home to have um, some champagne <laughs> and to really treat it as we would treat any other kind of great day, because this is a time where we are made to reflect upon, again, uh, who we are, where we come from, and where we are going. It's a beautiful time of year. As we enter this Advent season, it gives us the opportunity to reflect back, as you said. Mm-hmm. What was my year like spiritually? We're speaking spiritual terms here. I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, where did I grow? 
What, what worked in my spiritual life? What worked in my prayer life? What kind of fell through the cracks? What didn't work so well? Kind of reorganizing, reprioritizing. That's important to do frequently, but most importantly, as we begin a new liturgical season, as mm-hmm. we're getting ready to uh, bring the child Jesus into our hearts anew once again. It's a beautiful time to do this. Yeah, and that God knows that. God is aware, Debbie, of the importance of days and years, right? Mm-hmm. He created them. <laughs> so he understands that in our nature, we have a tendency to, on these days and years, to reflect back. And isn't it interesting that on December 31st, we talk about our New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. And uh, in light of what you were just talking about, I think this Saturday, uh, maybe Saturday afternoon, we should talk about our Catholic resolutions right. by offering up a kind of examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what slipped through the cracks? Mm-hmm. What did I do well? What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, how can I be a better version of who God is calling me to be, as Matthew Kelly likes to talk mm-hmm. about it, huh? Yeah. Um, to really look in the mirror and be honest with right. yourself. Right. This is what this Saturday should be all about, because otherwise there will be no new life. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> And, you know, it get, leads us to Thanksgiving, or so it should. Mm. You know, reflecting back on the year, seeing the graces that we were showered with. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty vision, so maybe at the moment we didn't realize the grace that was being poured upon us, the new insights in prayer that were given by the Holy Spirit. Those are all things that we can can look at and use as stepping stones and then set goals, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, I know this works, so set goals for, you know, if I could just attend Mass one more day a week, you know, wow, all the graces that would be showered down upon me. So, um, you know, exciting, folks. It, it increases our thankfulness. Mm. That's what real Thanksgiving is about. Yeah, Increases yeah. our gratitude and puts us in, on that journey to union, which is our goal. Amen. Yeah. In our New Year's resolutions, Debbie, what do we do? We say, okay, we're going to go to the gym at 6 a.m. Yep. four days a week, mm-hmm. right? We set goals mm-hmm. and, and they're very specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll even do our homework to make sure that we get this fitness director or that fitness director. Are we doing the same in our spiritual right. journey? We've got to have are, a plan. Yeah. Are we saying, okay, I'm going to make sure that I start to go to daily mass if I have maybe slipped in that area three days a week, and then maybe turns into four days a week and five days a week. Uh, but you you put it on paper and you say, okay, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and this is what I can or cannot do, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, you put forth a plan and then you call upon the Holy Spirit to help you execute that plan. Right. So all very important as we kind of juxtapose uh, the secular new year mm-hmm. with the religious new year, that new year we call Advent. And We do have a very rich gospel to discuss here. Debbie, if you want to get us going with that. Absolutely. We're reading from Luke 21. It's 25 through 28 and 34 through 36. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy. 
from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, and that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you will have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. Mm. Amen. Be vigilant. Mm -hmm. Be watchful. Be aware. Is this not the essence of what the Advent season is all about? You know, Debbie, I want to pose a question to our listening audience. Is the Christian faith, is the Christian life about decrypting some sort of biblical code to find out what day God will come again? Or, <laughs> or is the fundamental Christian message about what Luke just talked about? Mm -hmm. Yes, did he offer up a lot of this apocalyptic language? Mm -hmm. Sure. But he focused in on something else. Let your hearts not be drowsy. Mm -hmm. huh? Don't fall asleep. Don't slip into a kind of spiritual complacency. No, understand that the first Christian message, and one that is echoed page after page um, in St. Paul's epistles, is uh, this universal call we have to holiness. A holiness that springs forth in acts of kindness, charity, so on and so forth. So the first Christian message is not about figuring out when God is going to come again, huh? Mm -hmm. but no, it is about how we are called to enter into God's very life, uh, that we might become vigilant, uh, watchful. I love that phrase, do not let your hearts grow drowsy. Mm -hmm. You know, that says so much. Uh, I think you were with me a few weeks ago, Debbie, where we were talking about the beatitude, blessed are the pure uh, of heart. Mm -hmm. uh, that beatitude specifically speaks to this gospel reading. Why? Well, what does it mean to be pure of heart? Well, it means to be single-hearted for God, really. It means that our heart is not mixed with other things. Mm -hmm. The pure of heart is a clean heart because it is not mixed with other things. So to possess a kind of single-heartedness, if you will, is to be vigilant, is to be watchful, is to be aware of your surroundings because you're not uh, pre-concerned with all of the things that can confuse this vocation that is before us to become holy as God calls us to be holy. And it's very interesting in this section, uh, we talked about this a little bit before going on air. What struck me in the, that section about being drowsy was how the Lord equates sexual sin, carousing, <clears throat> drunkenness, and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anxiety of the day. And I, I told uh, I told Joe, I said, boy, that really struck me. Again, it was the Lord was pointing that out. Anxiety is just so useless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But such a temptation. And I don't know if it's, um, you know, a learned behavior. I know others in my family struggle with that, but I'm a list maker. And, and I can look at that and I can just get anxiety just looking at the list. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. when I don't fulfill the list, then there's anxiety about all, well, gosh, if I don't do it, who's going to do <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And our Lord reminds us, do not be anxious, but in thanksgiving and in praise, offer everything to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Offer everything to me with prayer and thanksgiving. And that seems a, a little easier said than done. But boy, isn't that something for this coming year for us to focus on, especially at this time of year? You know, Advent 
can be really a busy time because we're preparing for Christmas and um, it can be stressful. It can be busy. And that's not what it's made for. Mm-hmm. Um, I just challenge you, please challenge me, pray for me, that that my focus can be less on the anxieties of the season and more on prayer and thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. When you really think about it, it is our anxiety about the things that we want to control, that we really don't control, that uh-huh. often leads to the drunkenness and the carousing and so on and so forth. Huh? Mm-hmm. And so there is this importance to really look at that. Mm-hmm. And does not Jesus do this, not only in this gospel, but in his Sermon on the Mount, yeah. right? It really lies at the heart of his Sermon on the Mount there in Matthew 5. Do not be anxious, do not worry. Mm-hmm. It's always fascinating to me to note that in the Greek, the best rendering is do not be preoccupied. If we are preoccupied with the things that we cannot control, then how can God work in our life? Right. That phrase of letting go and letting God mm-hmm. is never more true in this context, Debbie, because if we do not allow God to work in our life, if we are holding on to the things that we cannot control, we simply will not be free. Because I do think that to some extent, that's really where our anxiety comes from. Mm-hmm. And that leads to fear. Sure. And as we've talked about before, yeah. Debbie, in past programs, hate is not the opposite as nope. love, but as a number of theologians have talked about, fear is the mm-hmm. opposite of love because fear entraps us. Right. Huh? It does not free us to love. And so worrying mm-hmm. is an important thing uh, to be mindful of, that in the end, we are to place our very lives in the hands of God. I mean, his Sermon on Trust, our Lord's Sermon on Trust in the Sermon on the Mount um, is really quintessential to the spiritual journey of faith, because there's where, you know, the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Because if we do not trust God, then who are we trusting ourselves? Yeah. (laughs) Goodness gracious. History has been one lesson after another on what happens to us when we do that, Mm -hmm. right? Just not individually, but also as, as nations and as countries. So let us put more faith and trust in God. Right. Now, this season, Debbie, of Advent is about waiting. Uh, The word waiting, I think, is a very uh, important word. All of human history, we can say, has been tied to waiting because before Christ came, what were they doing? Waiting for the coming of Christ. Uh And after Christ, what have we been waiting for? The second coming of Christ. All of history has been tied to waiting. So what can we learn? What we're going through right now and what we were made to enter into, Debbie, is not any different than what we've experienced in the past, but we are made to ask the question, okay, what is new? How are we called to uh, be transformed in this waiting? Because is waiting just passing time? No, waiting is preparing, preparing our hearts, not letting our hearts grow drowsy, not letting our hearts uh, grow weary. You know, I talk about history just being one stretch of waiting. Think about the prophet, I'm thinking Jeremiah, Mm -hmm. huh? who 500 years before the coming of Christ talked about Christ coming soon for 500 years. I mean, imagine the faithful Israelite two, three, 400 years after Jeremiah speaks. I mean, what they must have been feeling. Here we are. We know he's coming. 
That's the thing. We know he's coming. So how are we preparing ourselves? God bless the faithful Israelites who were steadfast in their waiting, who were preparing their hearts for the coming of Jesus. And we can be assured God rewarded them. We are to prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus. Uh, we are at an advantage because we know he is coming. But in that, we can ask new questions, Debbie. What is God calling me to do? I think it goes a little bit back to what we talked about in the beginning. All right, Lord, how am I called to change for the better? What am I called to be doing that I'm not doing? What am I called to give up that I have been holding on to? All of those things, again, uh, we need to have before us during this season. And so important to um, call on the Holy Spirit before making your little spiritual plan, because um, if you're like me, the little list maker that I am, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can charge ahead a little bit and, um, oh, I want to do this for you, Lord. I want to do this for you, Lord. And and he's going, well, yeah, that's peachy keen, but this is this is what I want from you. So just remember to invite the Holy Spirit into that planning process, just as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what he had for you last year may be different for this year. You're going to have different challenges this year. You're going to have different graces that need to be given. And so being open to the Holy Spirit and asking him, what is it in my, in my prayer plan, my spiritual plan for the coming year you want for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because in essence, it goes out of you to others. Mm-hmm. So if you hatched a little plan that isn't from the Holy Spirit completely, but from your own doing, you're not going to have what you need to give. And that, that's pretty important stuff. Yeah, it really is, Debbie. And I'm, I'm thinking once again, the context of our New Year's resolutions. How often does it happen to us that we have our game plan and it mm-hmm. begins to kind of slow down in maybe mid-February, right? <laughs> Late yeah. February. Yeah. And by March, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all but gone. It's all but gone. And then we have the same New Year's resolution nine and a half months later, mm-hmm. right? Well, in the Christian and Catholic journey, um, we have to be honest with ourselves. Did last year's Catholic resolutions play out as we hoped? Yeah. And if they right. did, yeah, you're right. They won't be the same resolution because God is wanting you to go deeper. Mm-hmm. If they didn't, God, again, wants you to be honest with yourself. Why? Why did you fail in this resolution or that resolution? Right. Were you trying to take too much on? That's another thing. We try to take right. too much on. Oh, yeah. We have these, you know, we have Grandiose these. Grandiose ideas. Yes, <laughs> I was just about to use that very phrase. And so ultimately, we haven't prepared our hearts, as we've just been talking about. And maybe not by mid-February, but by the first week of January, we failed. Yeah. Uh, but we have to be humble. We have to recognize our need for God. And so doing realize that you want to know what the only way we can do this is by inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives, into our hearts, um, so that I might have the strength necessary to do that one thing. And let me suggest, Debbie, that our resolutions be focused on one thing. Yeah. One thing. Keep it simple. Uh, yes. Yes. Less is always more. Less is always more. So, okay, Lord, help me in this one thing so that... Next year, I can add another thing because mm-hmm. that one thing right. has now become a foundation, foundation to build upon. Right. And so, but if we get caught up in the worrying and anxiety mm-hmm. and, and preoccupation mm-hmm. and all that, how can we possibly be focused if we lack, again, a single heartedness, right. a single mindedness for God, then it will fail. Mm-hmm. And if, if we fail, God understands. He will pick us back up again. Absolutely. 
there's a line here that I think is very, very pertinent to what we're discussing. The line was, when these signs begin to happen, stand erect Mm. and raise your head Mm. for your redemption is at hand. And it just made me think, you know, if we're looking down at our shoes and woe yes, is me and yes. Eeyore, you know, Eeyore never lifts his head. I don't <laughs> think in the whole comic strip, <laughs> yeah. he never lifts his head. And, and, and that just, this posturing reminded me of praise. It just mm. stand erect, put your head up. And for me, lift your hands and just know that redemption is at hand. Your savior, your love, your friend, your God is coming as a just judge. But if we're in relationship, we've been to confession, we've been doing our little spiritual plan, we've been trying our best, look up, Mm. stand erect. Yeah. Welcome him. Yeah. Welcome him, Debbie. And yeah, I was going (laughs) to say, and I'll tell you what, I mean, this is a joy. We, a few weeks ago, were talking about the Christian life within the context of the courtship analogy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, who in wanting to see someone looks down. Right. As we are talking about this, Debbie, I am made to remember a story that was recently shared with me about the last days of an 11-year-old. And as the story was told, the 11-year-old, after a piano recital, went before the congregation and bowed. And she fell to the floor, Debbie, and she died at 11 years old. Mm -hmm. Why do I share this tragic story? Because for her, and God be with her family, it wasn't tragedy. As the story is told, the day before, she was sharing with her closest friend of how she pined to be with Jesus, how she longed to be with Jesus. As it was phrased, couldn't you imagine what it would be like to be with Jesus? 11 years old. And as many of her friends talked about, she was a young woman of great faith. And I dare say, Debbie, we ought to be reminded, huh, that the likes of a St. Maria Gretti was how old? But 11. We can be saints at 11 years old, okay? We are not embellishing anything here. This is something very real. And I think that that 11-year-old, as her father talked about, had her wish granted. She longed to be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And as difficult as it is for her father and her parents not to have her, in their faith, they understand that for whatever reason, a reason we cannot begin to understand, in the end, <laughs> she was with who she wanted to be with. And I share this story because I think it, it speaks directly to what you were just talking about. huh? That young lady at 11 years old longed to be with Jesus. She was standing erect. Her life was one <laughs> praise after another. And do you think that she was able to look into the eyes of Jesus Christ himself? She not only looked into his eyes, I bet she ran to him and embraced him and he did the same. I think we have a tendency, Debbie, to, while sad it is, to reduce the meaning of life autonomous from heaven. Mm -hmm. And yet everything we do should point to heaven. Mm. This is why funerals, certainly in early Christianity, were celebrations, cause for joy, especially those who gave their life in uh, the Colosseum and the like. They knew that this person, this saint, and I'm not canonizing this 11-year-old right now, but that they were looking into the eyes of the just judge and falling more in love with him and And embracing him. And no fear. That's right. No fear. 
it's unusual for an 11-year-old to say, you know, I'm not afraid to die. I can't wait to see him. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. And it might seem so foreign to us, but I think this is part of the gift of these kinds of stories. They challenge us to the core. What were the questions we were asking earlier? Who are we? Where did we come from? Where are we going? These are the same questions that we are made to ask when those closest to us die. We talked about this, right. you know, with um, Steve, your husband who passed away. How long ago now, Debbie? It'll be 10 years in February. 10 years in February. And I'm sure ever since then, uh, those questions um, have had new meaning <laughs> for you. Sure, huh? absolutely. Um, and so something's going on here uh, mm -hmm. in this gospel that we are made to think about during this season. And really in the end, it's a challenge mm -hmm. to stand erect. Mm -hmm. And by saying that to stand, we intend to translate as withstand temptation mm -hmm. so that we can look into the eyes and not with fear, but with an openness, an openness um, ready to embrace him. If we are full of life and love here on earth, something that, that comes from God himself, then there is no reason why uh, we should not await with great hope and anticipation of, of what awaits. This is why this season of waiting, Debbie, should be filled with that confident assurance of what is yet to come. Mm -hmm. This is why this is a season of joy, right? <laughs> because what we anticipate, what we hope for, is this newfound relationship with Jesus Christ that we are called to celebrate here on earth in every way and in, and in every hour, uh, but certainly something that will be eternally infinite in the heavenly Jerusalem. And Debbie, I know we are running out of time. Uh, before we leave, I wanted to read something from Benedict XVI in his encyclical titled Saved in Hope. He actually gets into the very thing, Debbie, we were talking about here this evening, and this is um, something very simple and, and to the point. Uh, this is what Benedict has to say here. In our language, we would say, the Christian message was not only informative, but performative. That means this. The gospel is not merely a communication of things that can be known. It is one that makes things happen and is life-changing. I love that. The dark door of time, of the future, has been thrown open. The one who has hope lives differently. The one who hopes has been granted the gift of a new life. Amen. And your foundation is prayer. Enter this season. Mm. Enter this season. Meditate on the Gospel of Luke, the whole thing. Just enter in the season. Yeah, and what does Luke uh, say here, Debbie? Verse 36, but watch at all times, praying, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Pray that you may have a deeper understanding of what God is calling you into in the midst of all of this darkness. That is the call to be a light. Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.